Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 106 for November 15th, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws for Mancrafting, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Rory May the Dirty Smith, Ryan Ridgely from Barnrat Studio, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, and Marcin Pinsky. That's a new one, and I had to get him to phonetically spell his name for me. So, by the way, phonetically, spell it so that I could read it. You when know, it's pronounced. In the, you spell it on the phone. It's not phonically. It's yeah, phonetically. It's like a phoniclation. You you spell it out correctly verbiage always. What's well, so how you finiculate it? No, that's that's finagle. <laughs> You're both fireated. <laughs> that's a that's a hot tip for my buddy uh, Mark Mark Spagnolo, aka Spags. Get oh, everyone right. to spell their name for you phonetically. <laughs> Excuse me, my throat's a little sore. So, what are we working on? Um, let's go with uh, hmm, let's go with this handsome devil over here, uh, Bill Lutz. What are you working on? Ooh, I'm the handsome devil. You know what I was working on? And this this is so great. This is called Segway Heaven right now because you asked me first, so it's working. Um, so, one of our maker friends, Marguerite. Um, she uh, joined the community ish last year ish for Maker Fair ish. Got to come over and meet um, a bunch of the big big name makers, and she loaned me the tents, the one that Justin slept in. Um, amazing lady. She's a, a a a politician in Oakland, but she was elected to the water board. Basically, she makes sure water is safe for people. It's it's an elected job, but she's my favorite. One of my two favorite only favorite politicians, my mother-in-law, of course, and um, Marguerite. Anyway, Marguerite's amazing. She made a canoe. Whoa, she's oh, also, cool. um, she bought recently, she bought a uh, teardrop trailer, but not a $30,000 one. She bought it from a guy in Utah, and she actually drove out there and got it. She got a good price for it. But, of course, you get what you pay for. It didn't have all the bells and whistles. And he screwed up some of the dimensions because basically she wanted the galley part where you lift up the rear uh, to hold a... A cooler that's like you put a bag of ice in that keeps things cold for a year. I mean, it's, it's a amazing cooler. And then her stove, he just got those wrong. So the slide outs didn't come out far enough. The cooler wouldn't actually open and the stove lid wouldn't open. So I helped her redo those so they worked on her trailer this weekend. Um, and it was fun. It was really super cool. Part of it was, though, I'm I'm sitting on the driveway. I'm up underneath the shelf in the galley on the back and I'm reaching in under there and I'm just like, you know, I'm I looked at her and says, you know, I, I usually have the young guy at work do this kind of work for me, but, you know, I know you're a couple years older than I am. She's all, Bill, you know I'm 62, right? And I'm like, she is such a badass. Oh, my gosh. She goes camping for like a week at a time by herself. She's She drove out to Utah to pick up this trailer. Uh, she builds canoes. She's 62 years old. Marguerite is amazing. I know you're listening Thank you for this weekend. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of problem solving, and it was just great to be able to do that. Speaking of trailers, 
So I know we had mentioned uh, last week uh, that um, I was going to get a Harbor Freight trailer and a few people. I want to give a shout out to, first of all, um, uh, Chip, because Chip uh, wrote us. A lot of people wrote us, but Chip wrote us and said, hey, don't forget about reclaiming a trailer. Take an old pop-up camper, maybe a truck bed. You can make a trailer out of that as opposed to going to Harbor Freight. So Thank you for that shout-out, Chip. I also want to give Vince a shout-out, who's a listener. He's semi-local to me, but he actually wrote me and said, Hey, man, I've got a trailer if you want it. This community is amazing. He's got wow. a 4 by 8 trailer. Um, I don't know that I'll be able to utilize that anytime soon, but thank you, Vince. That's just amazing. And then, of course, I want to say um, thank you to uh, uh, Eric. Eric uh, told us that he was listening to our podcast when uh, Tim said something funny and he spewed his coffee. And he, but what what's most important is we want to say thank you to Eric because he gave us a new listener because he forced his wife to actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> and uh, so now we have another listener. So if everybody out there did that, we could double our listenership. And Eric, after this adventure of yours, if either you or your wife needs a lawyer, you know who to email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And, then, and then last, I'd just like to say thank you to Christine. We know you're listening and lots of love, and that's kind of cool. So we got a lot of people in Andrew for uh, giving uh, – Andrew, uh, a guy Andrew talked to us about another thing, a good tip, um, about because we were talking about putting the, the rubber in the back of the small cars for being able to schlep stuff. And he says he works for a – or he gets these mud flaps off of semi-trucks – when like a, a company orders a like new trucks, they'll take the mud flaps off and they'll put their branded ones on there for you know Joe's trucking or whatever. So you can either get them for free, and these things are like twenty four by thirty pieces of big thick rubber. Wow. You can use those too. Hmm. So Shop another good workbench too. You know. No yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we got a lot. We asked for a lot of feedback, and we got a lot last week. Uh, we heard a lot from a lot of people emailing us, and just we really appreciate that. So the, that's what I did. I, I made trailer stuff with Marguerite, and then I segued into taking up uh, five minutes and 37 seconds of the podcast, and I'm done. Go. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us on uh, this week's episode of The Bill Show. But uh... <laughs> Wait, I want to stop. Did your counter say that number you just said? No, I was just making that up. He's just making up that number. Because if it did, we're going to have a sink issue. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's oh, right. stop now. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that again. Yeah. So, but I love how Bill doesn't need anybody else because he'll say something and then he'll go, speaking of that thing I just said, I'd like to segue into this other thing I'm going to say. Let me segue into this then real quick. People yeah. don't know, our audience doesn't know, but, uh, well, they, do, they probably do know. I'm extremely technologically challenged. And there's a good reason for that because things short and explode when I touch them that have electronics to do with it. Recently, for weeks now, we've been having issues with our podcast and it's been out of sync. So we record separately. If I understand it right, it goes up into the ether world and then yeah. Phil makes them magically line up or Tim does. And they've been screwed up. They've been not being synced. So I want to segue into saying thank you to both my podmates for putting in a lot of extra effort that we normally don't have to. Because we want to get this podcast out every week. So thank you both hmm. of you. Most the ironic part is that it's only ever Bill's part that's out of sync. Yeah. And I don't much. get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. It's strange that you would be out of sync with us. Interesting. 
Well, wait a minute. Now, could that have something to do with the time zone? Because I live in a different time zone. Yep, that's probably exactly what it is. You Let's say a, it's that. Yeah, you live in a different zone than us. Yep. Definitely a different zone. <laughs> the you're, you're Twilight Zone. <laughs> Tim, what are you working on? Um, what am I working on? I had the pleasure and privilege today of spending the day at my son's outdoor classroom. Um, it was it was awesome. Uh, so. There's, and we, we could potentially even talk about this more in the podcast when we get to it. But so, uh, Vance is uh, in, has picked up a sponsorship deal. My seven year old son has picked up a sponsorship deal with with Carolina Boots, and uh, and because they have just, uh, you know, they've been they've been uh, very supportive of the maker community lately. I'm sure many of you know that if you watch YouTube videos and whatnot, they've been supporting a lot of makers. Um, you know, it's a win win for everybody, uh, and they're a great small company. Um, but so they. Have, are launching on the day this podcast here is November fifteenth. They're launching a line of children's work boots, and the idea is that they're not usually when you buy kid sized boots, they're inferior. They're not made like they make professional work boots. So these are actually made the same way they would make an adult sized boot, but they're for kids. And um, you know, there's there's a market for that, not just for kids like Vance who are very active. Well, I mean, I think all kids are pretty active. Like I should hope so. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the idea. So these are boots that are going to hold up to them. Uh, so Vance got like probably one of the first pairs ever, and uh, and we're gonna make two videos on Vance's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com backslash Vance Maker. If you're not subscribed, and the first video is uh, I've followed Vance around and, and the rest of his classmates. He goes one day a week to this outdoor classroom where he's outdoors all day. And today it was raining, and we were outdoors all day. It was like a tent kind of cabin thing, but they're very rarely in that. And uh, and so I followed him around and watched him just wreck this brand new pair of boots. <laughs> and, you mean uh, work in? Work in, work in, yeah. And uh, so the the what's great about it is that the video isn't going to be like a commercial for Carolina Boots. It's going to be a commercial for this outdoor Dances program. Feet. Yeah, no, no, it's a commercial for this outdoor school, this outdoor program, and the philosophies behind it. Um, and there's just going to be a couple extra shots of Vance's feet in the process, you know. Uh, and so that was a, it was great because it was like uh, I got to go spend the day with my son outdoors and have a fantastic day. And uh, I got to just be like kind of like a filmmaker for a day too, which was kind of interesting, you know. So you realize that it's not going to be I'm, – I'm going to guess. I'm going to just throw it out there. Three years-ish, before I retire and move to Illinois, that Vance is basically going to just be throwing you a bone of sponsors that he doesn't want. It's oh, like, Vance hey, Dad, is, you, you can have this one. Yeah, Vance is going to own the house next to you Pretty in Illinois. Much. That'll be his little vacation spot. You know? That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, can, I like, can work for Vance. Vance will be nine years old. He's like, well, I decided to start investing in real estate early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so something he would say. It's so funny you said that. Yeah. No, it, was, it, was a, it was a great day. Uh, what, it was just such a great day. Uh, spending the day, you know, and it was cold. It was cold and rainy. And, and you think like us adults were like, oh, spending all day out in the cold and rain and and the the you know you got kind of get sort of but man I tell you what you just you just settle in you know you just settle in and it wasn't raining all day it was like pouring you know and you just settle in and uh, well and that's what Vance gets to do every week and I think we lost that when we were kids we did too you know I, I think that's part of it I also think part of it is just trying to keep up with a six year old that keeps you warm and cozy that was awkward but um. <laughs> 
<laughs> keeping up with like he's so active. You're not standing around at forty something years old. You're oh, trying right. to keep well, up with a six yeah. year old. Yeah, well, yeah. so well, that you said now, it was but... cold and rainy and yeah. you didn't feel like that. That's because you were running constantly for right. hours on end. I'm glad you walked that back. Yeah, yeah, but but it wasn't um it wasn't even that because I wasn't like there as his dad. I was I was there as like a filmmaster. So I wasn't just hanging out with Vance because the kids break yeah. up in different groups. So I was all over the all over. He the wasn't campus. just there as his dad. That's... He was there as some. 40-year-old man filming the children, exactly. Yes. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, Tim. Which they were, you were teasing me about. You were constantly moving back and forth like a six-year-old yeah. who's nonstop, heart's pumping, blood's rushing. Six-year-olds have all this energy. You brought nope. yourself back well, to actually, that. Well, actually, I just left the car running. I kept going back and sitting in the heat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, it was... It was just because you were just in the in the space, and uh, I, I felt you know I felt connected to the environment as these kids do, and uh, and the teachers there. You'll see when I make the video, and yeah, they're just You're amazing. reconnecting with your with your childhood. That's a good thing, right? How did you grow up? Out in the woods, outside, right? You left the house in the morning, you came home at night. Mostly um, the streets, yeah, the streets, basically. the mean streets of of uh, Canuck. <laughs> what town do you live? We in? call it Montreal, but yes. Okay, I grew I grew up in Montreal West. Yeah. Oh, Westside. As opposed West side. to East? That's just one of the name of the boroughs. So there's like Cote St. Luke and so, Montreal West. That area is where I grew up. And- that is like an East Coast thing then because we don't have boroughs out here. But I hear that a lot on the East Coast. What, was, okay. it a, was it a suburban or a rural? Or um, It was like one of the first suburbs. So it's very close to downtown core. Like if you think of it as concentric circles, it's like, it's like the first concentric circle outside of the core. So it was pretty urban. Yeah, yeah, very about, and, and you, you no also, green spaces. You also, uh, Bill, correct? Is it more of an urban environment? Oh yeah, city, city boy. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, my first house. Well, actually, the two houses I really spent most of my time. We had like acres of land on it to explore. Yeah. So I grew up like like that. But now I live in a half acre with houses all around me. So it, it makes me really happy to see Vance have these acres to explore. I grew up in a telephone booth, having having, and not even half- one of the big ones. Yeah, having a half acre, you you just said like, oh, it's only a half acre with houses all around me. I am dreaming of being able to do that. That's my that's what my goal is is to be able to have like at least a half an acre of land would be half awesome. Half an acre is what like twenty one and a half thousand square feet hectares. Yeah. When I'm but where I'm at now, my the lot that my ha- the house that I'm renting is uh, almost five thousand square feet. the The house Whoa. itself takes yeah. out about twelve hundred oh, wow. square feet of that, so it's yeah. tiny. No, that's that's what I had before I was married. I, I lived in those types of lots. So it's like sort of very densely populated urban suburban. Yeah. Um, and then when we got married, I wanted to move somewhere rural, but my wife wanted to stay in the suburbs, so there's other kids around. And stuff, you know, in so. a way, technology kind of screwed us because there was a time when all of the rich people lived downtown, and the. Yeah. The farther away from town, the less money you made because, and, you know, so up in the hills. But now, if you got money, you live up in the hills and all the poor folks are crammed downtown. Yeah, That's not technology. That's That was urban sprawl. That happened after World War II in the 1950s where the suburbs were well, developed and the middle class, upper middle class and the rich moved away from the downtown core, which was what lined up becoming the poorer inner inner city areas but it was technology in two ways it was uh the automobile car and yeah the Fine. interstates the unit well in america it was the united states interstate thank you dwight there. d eisenhower yes this is um, this is what i'm used to i need to be right and we'll wrong get to all the time we, we'll, we'll, we can never get to what you're making phil don't worry we'll never get to me we'll never get <laughs> we to this me. whole podcast on on what mr eisenhower did for the united states that's right ike 
Um, I want to know. I want to know, Phil. What have you been doing? <laughs> what have I been doing? Uh, uh, hot tip, guys. Making serious build plans is hard. So that's what I did this weekend. I, I cranked out a nine-page uh, build plan for this planar cart that I that I made for Milescraft. And uh, I can't publish the video until they approve the complete package. So that's what I'm waiting on. I sent it to them last night at like midnight. I was still finalizing it while watching TV. And then uh, and then I was like, oh, I, all right, ready to go. I sent email. I said, hey, guys, see attached. And then they wrote me this morning. Not sure if you're kidding or not, but this is the same file you sent us two weeks ago that we said needed to be fleshed out. And as it turned out, it was uh, the wrong file I had sent them. So I had to send it to them again, so I lost a day on that. But uh, more than likely, I'll be able to release that video this week. And uh, I think it should be pretty, pretty good. Took what? me 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, mine's a little bit more involved than that. I did I did a 3D render and... I did a you know a, a SketchUp model out of the whole thing. I even imported casters into it so you could see that. I have all the dimensions in there, and then I've got a step-by-step build where I did screen grabs from the video. I got casters. Yeah, you got you got a couple of circles you just drew, but um, yeah. So that was my first real set of plans. So mad respect to people who do it week in week out. And uh, it it is not it's not an easy feat, and it takes I, I, a while. I've gotten the advice from more than a few people to say, you know, plans are a great way to start supplementing, monetizing what yeah. you do on mm-hmm. your social media. And it's like, you know, you should just you should just whip out some plans. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to work on that. Yeah, I really recommend getting into SketchUp yeah. because that's that's gonna help. If you do plans without them, it kind of is not good because that is kind of the Let's say um, that's the benchmark. Like, if you're not doing SketchUp plans, then then you're behind the eight ball on that. No, so this is how far behind I am. Could you technically like do draw them, like draft a set of plans, and then digitally download them, like you know, scan them or something? Is that not no. a thing now? Well, not unless you. No, I mean, no, not really. No, I mean, if you drew them, let's say on one of those digitizing tablets, like a Wacom or whatever. Then I guess, but but why you'd couldn't you be just doing scan more work? It? Why couldn't you just like if you drafted it, if you drew the plans? Because I remember taking drafting class. When I was oh like, yeah, great. Okay, fine. Then yeah, and you then could scan, just scan it to a yes. file and then sell those because it, it's just pictures with measurements on it, right? True. However, when you build something in SketchUp, it's now a 3D model that you can walk into, so you can swivel it and turn it and zoom in and zoom out of. And you can get like any perspective you want on it, and you can use that. And then you can start you can things like hiding. In, you can explode. Yeah. You can hide components. You can show only certain components. It's, well, it's, I mean, surprisingly, I know it's probably the first time it's happened, but the computer surpassed the pencil in a few ways yeah. when it comes to doing things. It's just yeah. you have to learn the language, you know, and it's it's a challenge. And and, and SketchUp is not easy or fun to learn. So no. it's like the difference between an IKEA. Build plans and a Chilton's auto manual. Uh, you could kind of go with that, like the Chilton's. Yeah, I mean, it is like in, like the Chilton's. That was done with a pencil, right? Thank yeah, you for the topical the reference. Yeah, the, what I'm saying is the Chilton's is so 
detail oriented that it's got detail oriented yeah right and, you, you and, can and it can be done with a pencil just like what like right. what phil's describing can be done with a pencil you can do all that but in sketchup it can save you a lot of time if you learn the language and you learn the. it's fast building that was took me 20 yeah. minutes that's not the hard part the hard part is then is then sort of going through your video or going through whatever and then enumerating every single step that it took to grabbing the screenshot to, that's just right yeah exactly like instructables but so right. if then okay again my mind is working so why couldn't you do a separate video of because they wanted physical downloadable plans right right what I'm saying is is like you do the you do the SketchUp and then you you do a separate video of just the step by step parts you know what they I'm wanted saying? a downloadable Cause PDF because when you're working in the shop, do you want to grab your phone and keep scrolling back and forth to see what it says? Or you want to just no, you just want to follow along. But what I did was uh, I built the SketchUp after I did the video. I didn't use the, I didn't make the plans and then do the project. I made it out of my head and then made the plans to accommodate that. Well, maybe you should make the plans first next time. That's the way you're looking at. You're still making the plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the way I work. But you know what? It's funny that you say, Tim, that uh, that that SketchUp is not that easy. I agree a hundred percent. I find it totally unintuitive. I'm used to like Illustrator and Photoshop and InDesign, and then and then the the hotkeys and the shortcuts make so much sense. And then when you go to SketchUp, the, like the hotkeys are ridiculous, and the, the way it I works is it bad. Is the because I'm I'm inexperienced with this stuff and I'm learning I'm getting a little better with like you know with Vectric and, and Aspire is now a 3D program so I'm learning a little bit more about this sort of that's 3D. more intuitive but it's way more intuitive in SketchUp yeah. I I can't it's like you can't just flip to that 2D view and draw a square it's like you draw it and then it's in some other location on this on the Z plane you didn't so, know and you move it around oh you have to learn some stuff it gets way easier yeah I know I need to learn some stuff yeah I just, and then you, and then you just yet. punch it out and. If, if Aspire is a better program, why not just use that for your plans? It doesn't really do what he's trying no. to do. It's, it's it's not a CAD software. It's a CAM software. Well, you know the, what you what you have is a is I mean it is a a CAD software, but it's a two D CAD software. Once you get into yeah. Aspire, I guess now they have a two sided three D wow. thing, and it's a little bit more like yeah, you ask some bad questions, Bill. It gets a little bit more <laughs> like. Uh, like I a, feel like uh, I'm in an episode of uh, uh, Super Geeks. See, Super Geeky. <laughs> da, 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 da. The, the new version, it's two-sided now, and so it is a little bit more like uh, Fusion, where you can kind of actually model things in 3D right. and stuff. But it's I'm nodding my head. You guys lost yeah. me at, it's, uh, at yeah, it's, 3D. Rendering. It's a whole weird world. I mean, it's, but if you think about it, Bill, like if you have a block of wood and you want to carve something out of it, it's different than if you take four pieces of wood to create something and nail them together, right? You know, it's like when you when you think about if you were like to carve a, a face into a tree trunk, you know, or like carve a head into a tree trunk, you have to go around it on all the sides. But if you were to assemble a bunch of pieces of wood to make that face, you would cut out two eyes and you cut out a nose and you glue them together or whatever. It's like a different, you know. So you had so there's different software for different types of sculpting. I like You're talking analogy. about Mr. Potato Head. You're speaking his language now. I yeah. see him nodding his head. I, I kind of got that. That was a good reference. Cut hand. You could assemble your Mr. Potato Head, or you could sculpt a Mr. Potato Head out of mashed potatoes. Why not a real potato? No, you can't do that. That's not. Then we don't have that software yet. <laughs> okay. This isn't Star Trek, Bill. Slow down. <laughs> My goodness. We're not there yet. Jeez. 2017 still. Uh, Casey Carmen. says I have a lumpy head just like a potato. Perfect. She is being generous. So let's... Um, <laughs> 
let's move on to our topic because we've been rambling for 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic is if a tree falls. And basically what that means is in, in the age of social media where we're all plugged in, where we all have these accounts to Instagram, Facebook, some of us are YouTube creators. Um, I don't know if you're still on MySpace, Bill. You probably are. But if you, I if you make, know what that is. I've heard. I was trying to bring that back it. for a couple of years. <laughs> How's that going? Didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. I was starting to switch my whole my whole online presence to MySpace, and I was like sharing that link, and it just no one didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> my social media started seriously in 2010. That was the first time I ever did anything medially sociological. But you're saying that like it's recent. That was seven years ago. Lots yeah, but I hear people reference my face, my face, and then um, Casey talks about um, friend Friendster. Friendster, yeah, yeah that was. Back I don't in the know day. what those I things are. So. Not everybody does. Those are pretty obscure. But you've been on Facebook for seven years. I think I think you're all right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean for that. But um, so for that one reason. For that one reason, yeah. So what we're talking about in this for this uh, topic is if a tree falls in the wood. And no one's around to hear it. Does it make a sound? So in this case, if you make a project or you do something in your in your shop by yourself and you don't document it and you don't share it on some social media platform, did you even really make it? You know I mean, so it's that sort of like community versus anti-community versus if if you didn't share it, does it make an impact? And yes. uh, and yeah, how yes. so? If you if you made something, didn't share it with anyone, how is it impactful? Because uh, if I made something, it's probably for somebody or myself, and it impacted either myself or the person I made it for. That's pretty small, no? Are you trying to make a huge impact? Is that uh, that how you measure your value? I think That's, if I I'm think trying to make a question. significant contribution, then I'd like for as many people as possible to be inspired by the crap I make. Uh, and I agree with that, and that's a big part of what we're doing on the podcast. But I also believe that if I can if I can inspire one person, that's still an accomplishment. Well, I mean, it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So are just, you, Phil? I just so well, are you touche, but. If, uh, you know, if the objective is to educate one person at a time, I think that's a long road to hoe. Long here's, road to hoe. Here's a good example right. of, of I, I think, what we're talking about, and it falls towards my point of view. Tips from a shipwright. Here's somebody who is influencing millions of people, and it's not because he's socially active on media. It's because somebody actually started doing that for him but even before you know what i'm saying this guy he doesn't no. even know he doesn't know how the computer works he doesn't but somebody's doing it for him that's right. ultimately the same so thing. until and he, and somebody okay put it, it on fo- yeah. social media now he might be impacting millions of people but did his what he was the people he was impacting does that become in, invalid up until the social media not invalid but certainly less so like had you ever heard of him until he was on youtube exactly me neither Right, and did okay. you ever did you ever like understand and care and know about how much goes into a wooden bottom? Maybe we did because we're people that make stuff and we look at things and, and no, I started because of YouTube, guys. I knew nothing until I started watching videos on YouTube. And that was going to be my next point: is that who are we talking about here? Because I wouldn't. I am going. I'm getting ready to venture into a world YouTubers just talking about. 
whether it's on social media or whatever. But there's something that because of social media, it is having an impact on me. It's, it's bringing out this drive that I, I want to try and learn this new making skill, right? Which is cam, caddy, cad, cammy, dry, sketchy thing. So that's the me, one I use. Right. For me, that's, oh. that's new and exciting. But before that, yeah. I've been making things since I was six years old. Right. So right. I've been, I think I'd like to think that over 44 years, I've had an impact, you know, before, well, 34 years before, or seven years, 34, seven, I don't know the math, but over 30 years, I've had an impact because of my making before social media came about. I think you impacted Casey and her partners. Can you imagine how many people you impacted now? Tens of thousands. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're trying to say what's a bigger measurement, that's fine. But if that tree falls in the forest before social media, I heard it. I just, I, 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 I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without social media. Right, like, but I, but, the, but that's the difference is that this is what brought you to that. I wouldn't be even interested in learning SketchUp or or Vetrix or anything like that or using a CNC um, until social media. I really wouldn't have. Without a doubt, I would stick to yeah. just doing things the old way I would. So, so because I never answer- had shop class, I never had like IA or any of those things. Mm. So for me, YouTube has been my IA class. Like. I, Internal that, affairs, what? Wait, industrial arts. You guys, oh. that was the name of the class. Sorry, no? back when I was a detective. Tim? Never mind. No, I, that's why I, I'm not a detective I'm okay anymore. with it, but I don't recall ever hearing. No, that that's what. It, that's what Willie. the that defunct was class was called in my high school. Yeah. Uh, that shop was just dried up and closed by the time I got to high school. So th- we we had nothing technical in my high school, but they used to back in like I think the early early nine, maybe the tech late ed. That's the late eighties. It. it was ed. tech ed. Ours was called industrial arts. Anyways, so let me ask you so, this. Let me ask you this. If let's yeah. say for whatever reason you didn't discover making through social media, okay? Yeah. But you did. Your neighbor, the guy across the street, started teaching you. He was he built a step stool out front, and you figured it out. You made one for your kid, and then your cousin wanted one. So a couple of years go by, and you started making a couple of step stools for your family and friends, Christmas gifts. Um, that got you more interested and you built a new coffee table for your, you and your wife. And then you, you picked up a pallet one day and, and thought, Hey, there's some wood right there. I don't have to spend any money on. So you made a, a bench for the shop and that's all that ever happened out of that. Was it worthwhile? Did it happen? Did it, did it really exist? Did you still have an impact on very valuable people to use lives? It sounds like more of the impact was made on me, but I, all of that was so hypothetical. I can't speak to that. Like, if there were like five conditional ifs there, so I don't. Well, it's not, I don't it's know. not conditional. I'm just saying. If you, yeah, you're saying that without social media, we have no real impact. I'm saying it's a negligible impact. You know, like, it, but in what way? I mean, it, only numbers, only numbers. It's not uh, here. I am. As my bank know, manager tells me, those numbers <laughs> matter. <laughs> negligible to me means um, very little value. Yeah, but that's not true. Even if I only impacted over the years, if I've only impacted twenty people, taught them how to use a, a handsaw or whatever over the years, that's to me. In the course of a lifetime, that's pretty amazing. There's a lot of people that don't venture outside of their life to have an impact on anybody. They go to their, their job and they come home and that's it. So to be able to say that you left a little tiny bit of a, a mark, 
before social media happened, a lot of people had an impact without, you know what I'm saying? I just, I, I, I want to hear what Tim has to say because he's been holding up his finger. All right, go ahead, Tim. I think it might be too soon to make these uh, statements in some way because now you figure like uh, uh, Eames, the, the, the Eames couple, the design. The that couple, chair. yeah. Right. They, I mean, they designed that chair and they had their whole mission. And there was someone at, at some point in time that lit the fire that they have, right? And it was a shop teacher or it was an art teacher or it was an English teacher. Who knows what, what it was that that lit the fire for them. But, and so then that created them that then created this huge wave. And so that was done without social media. So it is possible, obviously without social media to make these, these big gestures, the Eames did it. And whoever the teacher was that, that inspired the Eames or teacher is plural. Right. So now in, in the age of social media, we see now we're starting to see people come out. there like, Oh, I like Phil, I didn't, I didn't know that I had this passion until social media showed it to me. Now let's see what grows from that. Like, so if I make a video that a hundred million people watch and they go, hey, that was cool. And then they click it off. And they never do anything. Then there was no impact. But if one person goes on to be the next Eames, so it might be too soon to, to, to tell, uh, the odds are, if you play, if you, if you play the odds of it, the more people that see your work, the more likely you are to inspire the next Eames. hundred percent. That's the so you're playing the odds by getting on social media that you're more likely to have a larger impact. But just because you're on social media does not mean you're going to have any impact. No, that's what 100%. I that's what I was trying to say. Right there. <clears throat> that's one thing, but you know, I think the the significance and the impact is much greater if you were to share than not to share. I mean, I I know that sounds self-evident, but it it may not seem that way. You know, like even the smallest smallest project can inspire somebody. I'll tell you, I even I just got into this reclaim thing from this one Jimmy DeResta video where he turned a pallet into a tool tote, and I watched the hell out of that thing, and it just it just started getting things going in my head, and I started buying a small tool and then another tool, and then I started, you know, just building up my collection just because I wanted to reproduce that project. It just got me so addicted to this, and it inspired me to no end, and. You know, like, I think if you inspire 20 people in your entire lifetime, that's noble. And that's mm, great because absolutely. I think it requires a substantial amount of effort just to do, right? Mm. If you're showing somebody how to use a handsaw, you are literally saying, hey, dude, come over here. Let me show you how to hold this. It's a lot of effort, right? I'm going to show you how to change the world because that's what you're showing. So, like, you're, like, you're showing how to change their changing. world. Their yeah. world, well, yeah. The world, right. I mean, because that's you're, you're changing the objects that are here. <laughs> like, you know, it's their world. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. fine. But I think if you are, you know, posting on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and have the impact that the three of us are very lucky to have, and you're able to do for someone else what Jimmy DeResta did for me, I think that is freaking huge, like like beyond measure, and that becomes exponential, and then we have the power to really change society. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and articulate this. It's it's. It sort of difficult in both uh, Tim and I. Tim is one of the teachers that is at Vance's school that I was at today. You, and, uh, you are Tim in case you don't know this. You're Tim. It's, it's a different one in case you haven't figured that a out. A different Tim, okay. Right, so there's a lot other, of Tim's. I, I thought it was a second Tim. glass of bourbon for a second. Yeah. yeah no, ah, Tim, there's, there's two of me here. This Tim guy, he is royal Tim. He is He's a drinking plan. all my bourbon. <laughs> but, so the other, the other Tim, um, 
I, he, we made some, uh, some bee boxes at my shop a while back and we had this conversation and then I, we, I brought it up again today um, that he identified he's an artist, right? He comes from an artist background, but he's been having difficulty justifying himself as an artist now because he's not actually producing art. He's, you know, working at this, this school and he's doing these, you know, basically farming and teaching kids and, and raising bees. And uh, so he had this discussion with this other artist friend of his about, well, what do I call myself? And the other artist friends of his definition of an artist was different than anything I'd ever heard. And I really like it. And it's appropriate here. He was saying that an artist is someone that creates a space where someone else can feel or think or inspire, be inspired or, or, you know, just see something new. So it isn't necessarily like an artist doesn't necessarily create an object. An artist creates the opportunity for other people to feel something, to experience something. Uh, so, and, and that's what it sounds like. I mean, you're talking about this the rest of the video with this, like this thing. What's the art? Is it the tote? Is it the video? Or is it the experience that, the opportunity to have the experience that you had? Um, so let, yes, let, it's all let, three, obviously. Let, let me jump I, yeah, on Phil's But it could side. be just one. You don't have on. one without the other two. No, you can. Tim does because he's he's not actually creating anything necessarily physical that you would hang in a, a wall or watch a video of with these children every day. But he's giving them a space to experience and feel. But in that space, he's populating it with things like pipe cleaners and scraps. No, and he's not. He's populating it with ideas. He's a, he tells stories. Maybe I mean you know he gives he just gives kids that like I mean I guess the art of, but, of verbal storytelling. Yeah, there's so, something he's populating that space with some inspiration. The, the word that that Phil said, I think that is key here is share. And that's what he's doing. You don't have to be a YouTuber, a content creator to share, to use social media in a way that's never been done before, which is what's so amazing about it. It's the sharing of things that are out there. Mm -hmm. So by people sharing our podcast, that's how we're going to get our ideas out there, our humor, our connection with each other by people sharing what they're hearing, by us sharing each other's videos and other people's videos that we admire, um, that's that in and of itself is doing the same thing that Phil, uh, that Tim was saying. That's creating a space. So what Tim, the other Tim, is doing is he's sharing. He's sharing something that, like you said, creates and, a space for ideas. And, and that's what social, social media, media really is. And that's yeah. what's really having the biggest impact. Right. It's all he's these people. There's a lot it. of people that I think that we are contacting through our social media right that aren't big players in social media they don't want to be they like that for the connection for the community aspect of it but it's their sharing it's their it's their interaction with other people other makers even though they might not make hardly anything or if at all but they're still a part of the community because of the sharing aspect so i agree with phil on that that you said that the key word to me the sharing is what makes social media and technology amazing it's what means that the three of us are talking right now right Right. i mean if we had that's what we do on a weekly basis is we share our perspectives we have a conversation and hopefully that inspires other and we have created a space just like your fake second tim there he's a real man (laughs) (laughs) whatever dude anyways we are creating a space where others are inspired and we are allowing the free exchange of ideas yeah how long ago? This is this is fun to think about too, because I'm I'm taking Phil's side of the road a little bit more here. How long ago was it that what we were doing right now we wouldn't see each other and it would be called a three way call, and that was amazing, right? 
Yeah. I, that would be that would be the mid to early nineties. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you're talking about twenty years, twenty five years ago. Maybe late, insane. No, late eighties. Still, they had the three way call when I was in high school. But that, I mean, I remember when that happened. Yeah, it was like you can call two people at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? That was like Star seventy two. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was like that was that was an amazing thing that that first step forward of starting to connect and share right with more than just one other person because before that it was basically a phone call. And now, now we're you're. We're in- Two countries and two time zones, and we're like, oh my god, there's a seven second lag on one of the channels we have to fix. That's ridiculous. Doing I know. a video voice call and recording it to share. But, but what did people do with those three way calls? You know what they did? They, they connected. They no, connected. they connected two pizza places and made it seem like they each called each other and then listened is, in is as mean? they yelled each other, no, you called me. No, you called me. What's your order? Okay, I'm a so- pizza place. <laughs> Some of us that. actually tried to make that. have an impact on people uh, in a positive way. Well, I impacted Mr. Pizza Hut against Domino's. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? That's awesome. Uh, I Domino's did not find that funny. Pizza Hut was a better sport. <laughs> All right, let, let's go back to the question. So the original question was, if you don't share something... Does what you make as as have makers, an impact? Have yeah. an impact. But if you don't share, even if it's not with anyone else local, right? If you just make for yourself, right, and it stays inside your garage, right? Does, you know. Well, you, and again, it's tough to answer it, because it, it's like someone's eventually going. What if? What if you make it? Okay, so I make this like beautiful sculpture, and it fits in my hand, and then I hide it away for eighty years, and then I I burn it before I die. Obviously, there's no there's no impact because. No one's literally ever seen this. There's maybe the impact it had on me and the way I, I acted and projected myself to the world for all those years that I kept this secret art hidden in a box. Um, but even if you, if I didn't burn it, because that's the most other thing is like even after you, you pass and, and now people see what you've left behind, there's this impact. So again, it's like too early to really answer that since we're going into this weird well, metaphorical. Okay, but let me let me look at it this way too, though. Go ahead. What if we call this opportunity? You have much more opportunity to have a bigger impact through technology and social well, media. That's, that was what my speech but it, was. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. But I mean, it's, it's it's yeah, playing the odds. But it doesn't mean that you can't have no impact. Even if I build something for myself, I don't show you two. I don't show Casey. I don't show anybody. And it lives in my garage. And then when I'm gone, because I will be long before Casey, because you know I'm just much or older. Us. Yeah. She'll dig through that box. She well, finds something. She gives it. She gives that thing to somebody who now uses that one piece, that Phil Pinsky inspiration, to go out and create and make something. Get on social media and blah 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 blah. The odds are less, but it can still happen. If I know Casey and I do very well, I will <laughs> say <laughs> she will definitely not share that with anyone. Not sharing that. You know, when Casey and I were just talking about this recently, Bill, yeah. What, <laughs> what, what you, you told to you. me is <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. What if you make something you don't share it with anybody? Only you know about it. You die, and then somebody finds it, and they're so distressed by this thing that they just throw it away. That's still an impact. Yeah, it could be a negative. I think. Point. I think. Uh, I think we're reaching here, gentlemen. I think. Well, no, uh, but I- yeah, no, uh, obviously we're... I think the point is made. If you make something, share it. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or ugly. Uh, well, no. Just like the Western we were talking about. 
You know, I think it's going to make an impact on somebody some way. If it's positive, then great. If it's negative, then it inspires them to do something better. Here's, here's, Here's the ultimate question then. How do you reach somebody to inspire them to share who is not on social media and is kind of, you know, secluded? Well, I'll tell you someone what, shy like you. Um, take 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 the ships from a tip right example. Like if you if you in oh, your yeah. life ships from a tip right, that was good. Is that what it's, it said? Ships <laughs> yeah. from... That's really what funny. kind of tips do you think this tip right makes? Well, because it's it's ships, <laughs> you know, ships from a ship right, uh, tips from a ship right. But if you take if you take that gentleman for example, like I I I got to meet him too at that boat show and stuff, and he's a super cool dude, and and he was even he was like straight on. He's like I don't know the guy comes over the camera. You know, he just like you know. He doesn't care. I mean, he does, but um, but like, what a what a wealth of knowledge he has, and and he reminds me so much of his accent and his demeanors of my grandfather, who I didn't really know too well, but he was a cabinet maker and he was good, you know. And there's all this knowledge that went to the grave with him because no one. So in your ventures, if you meet these people, share their knowledge, share their work, like for them, you know what I mean? Like if you if you. And, and every once in a while that happens. You know, you meet this guy at some craft show. He's like 90 years old and just making this amazing stuff, man. Take pictures of it. Ask him for permission, of course, but encourage yeah. him to share that, that old, that old world knowledge. And, you know, it used yeah. to get passed down from generation to generation via word of mouth. And, and there's, there's this sort of weird gap that formed that we're trying to sort of fill quickly with social media, I feel. I almost want to you know, we try and bring it back to reclaim. This is in a way what you just said is try and reclaim knowledge and inspiration for somebody else i mean that's you know, one way to do it my my wife's uh sixth year i think is called her degree she's pretty smart and uh it was in um the art of storytelling was what it was like a library sciences thing we ended up going to this like it was all about like the sort of oral traditions of storytelling and again these these lost arts and and and, and i was like reading and i still was reading some of these books that she got from this class because they're really interesting and uh of just the traditions of, of information being passed down and that there would be members of tribes in, in different areas that that was like, there'd be someone who'd be selected to be just the keeper of this knowledge. And then yeah. the, the, the last one would just sit and spend his entire like last 20 years filling this guy's head with 70 years of information. <laughs> and then, and then he would like do the same. And that's, that's what, that's, that's social what social media, media. I don't know. Social you guys probably knew that this. Happen faster. Yeah. Social media is the shaman of knowledge now. I mean, it really is, right? It's that storyteller. It's that. It's that. That. That oral history that the it's tribes. Because not just mean, knowledge. There is the story aspect of it, and there's the entertainment aspect of it, and there's the, there's everything. There's the community it's, it's, aspect of it. You're absolutely. There's right. also the weirdos that take pictures of their food. Yep. Hey, there's, I like food. <laughs> I like voodoo. I do not feel the need to take a picture of it every time I'm about to eat it. That is weird. That is not weird. It's weird. I have a bunch well, of these weirdos on my feet. Well, every time you're about feed. to eat food, yeah, you shouldn't take a picture. But it's a odd. It, all right, okay, hold on. So you're saying share only what you're interested in. That's where you want to see an impact. What I'm saying is you don't need to take pictures of your food. Well, but what what, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now hold on, because you you're not money? interested in it. You're no, not no, no, interested no. in that. This is a good point. Where you're talking just five minutes ago, you're saying share everything, whether it's good or bad. Does that mean right. it's like so that if you we, make? Well, but but you. Is what if you, you made? What if you make a decision to buy a healthy meal and you want to share that to try That's and inspire somebody? That's not what people. When you go to a restaurant, and you see these goobers with their flash photography okay. taking a picture of their food. That serves and helps no one. That is self aggrandizement for the people that they are reaching out to on their social network. We're hungry. 
I mean, it's not a matter of does it have an impact. It's a matter of how much and whether it's good or bad. We can argue that all night, but it does have an impact because you're not interested in seeing some goober, as you put it, which is a peanut, by the way, huh? Who's knowledgeable now? Some goober taking a picture of his food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's there are people that are interested in that because millions and millions of people do it. But that doesn't does that inspire anyone? It, what that does is that gets it like a gratuitous me. like. It doesn't inspire me, but I don't know that it. Maybe it does inspire. Maybe that's where Shebs are now born. No, no you chance. Know, there are people out there that really like taking, and maybe one person out there that really likes taking pictures of their food. That would look at at Bill and be like, "It's just another cigar box guitar. Why does he keep posting? They're all the same, and that's just another whiskey box. They're all the same. It's got a different name on it. So there, there, you have to give you have to give props to that. There might be people that would. I look at two cheeseburgers and I go, well, they're two cheeseburgers. Like, and then I was like, oh, but this one has this horseradish aioli and this one has, you know. So there is oh, really? different strokes for different that. folks, you know. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah. so I, I agree with you, Phil. <laughs> I agree with you, believe it or not. The biggest impact mm-hmm. on social media is the stuff that I'm interested in. Oh. Yeah, Damn social, you for being insightful. And social media has a way of knowing that and then – which, you know, yeah, that, now see, that's where I'm, I'm lost because it's yeah. weird how I don't see a whole lot of stuff on YouTube that I don't want to see. It's like, Maybe oh, I love this thing that I wouldn't have thought to look for that. It's, it's so insightful. And maybe, Phil, you're looking at too many people's pictures of food, and that's why you keep getting more. Yeah, why are you looking at all this food online? Do you really I got a guy at work who I'm friends with who started this <laughs> Instagram thing. And he's like, hey, man, did you see that picture of that? I don't know, baby back, blah, blah, blah. So like the like, first, oh, I saw your the, salad. The first picture of an actual piece of food that I, that I took and posted was because I went to the taqueria that we all went to for the first get-together at my house for Maker Fair. And this was like in the middle of the year. There was no Maker Fair. But I'm like, oh, I'm here again. Berkey will remember this. And I posted a picture of that. Now I'm posting a picture of some of the food that I'm eating because I'm pretty much a... Uh, Pesco Ovo vegetarian guy now. I mean, so it's, it is having an impact on me. Yeah, I'm aware of your ovaries. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, I think what's happening between your, your sunsets and your food is that you're just sort of exploring your online personality. And, and I think that's also what that is as well. Well, that, and others. there's also a lot of what Andy Berkey has taught me is that it's not what you take a picture of, it's what you see. Yeah, I don't know if you should listen to everything Andy Berkey says. Yeah, not everything he says is gold. <laughs> that is. It's Some not of what it is you bronze. take a picture of. It's what you see. Think about that. Call back again. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. and I'm not necessarily taking pictures for other people, although I am sharing it, which is what you apparently think we should be doing. Um, but a lot of it is for me. It's, it's, I'm posting it, and then I'm sitting here, and I'm looking. The, I took a picture of a flipping butterfly with orange detail on it, and it was on this plant that had, like, orange flowers. And it was like, it looked like something I would see in a store. I've never taken a picture so professionally looking before. It blew me away. I posted that picture for me. I really did. When you it posted like, into five separate Facebook groups, is that for you? I don't actually. I not most often I post my videos into five separate Facebook groups, but my pictures go onto Instagram, which you can push a button to share it on these other magic uh, internet boxes, yes. Facebook uh, and uh, the the bird thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that leads I, me to believe that perhaps you're not doing it on purpose. What were you going to say, Tim? Well, <laughs> 
I was going to say that, I mean, at the end of the day, everything you should you do should really kind of be for you first when you're talking about right. artistic endeavors. Like, you don't want to ever do things because people expect it, you know, in, in the artistic sense, maybe paying your mortgage, you should. <laughs> but, Listen um, to your boss once in a while. Yeah, I yeah, agree you know, that. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're all doing, right? I mean, and if you're not doing it for you and you're just doing it for likes and clicks, then you're not really creating art, you're creating content. You're, you're creating you're working a job yeah 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 so no that's yeah. which isn't necessarily a bad thing either it's just yeah, what is what are you trying to do yeah exactly just be aware of what you're doing are you are you creating this content on social media because you you want to are you doing it for some other motive are you doing it for both and just understand why you're doing it and, but even and if even if you, even if you don't understand it for a lot of people like me Social media has just become a a venue to feel connected, to feel like I'm a part of something bigger than my tiny little cave that I only ever wanted to be in. Yeah, with well, my two friends, and that was it. You know you what? Know, because I my met limit Phil was Pinsky. always two. <laughs> um, because I met Phil Pinsky, like I actually am trying to do it more for business now. I mean, I I started all of my social media interactions uh, as woodworking, speaking at least. Um, because I wanted to just share ideas. I wanted to share with this community. I, re- I really, and I, I was hoping to maybe attract some customers. I, and then I discovered it was other people like me that were, that were actually the audience. And so I just wanted to share ideas and, and just really share my message. Uh, and now it's become this thing where it's, it's like, oh, well, maybe there's more value in that than there is in the actual things that I'm making. And that's this, uh, well, maybe I should be making it more of a business because maybe that's what I... Maybe, you know, saving that pallet here or encouraging hundreds of people to save hundreds of pallets. You know, there's that aspect of it, too. Uh, yes, Bill. I, I just uh, mark the time. 54 minutes, basically, Phil. Because Phil and I talked before the show. We were going to see how long it took you to finally admit that this podcast has helped you grow as a human being. And you just did it. So you're welcome. One of the members of this podcast has helped me grow as a human being. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. If it, you know what, if it didn't, I wouldn't still be here, right? Yeah, I agree, and that's not just you know about. Yeah, it's not just a wise this thing, specific right? podcast. It's yeah. about everything I do in life. I'm if not going to do it that... for two years if it's not like something that I enjoy and that's something that's helping me become a better person. Like otherwise this is a bad two years. Like that's, that's weird years, that you guys wow. say it that way because this podcast is the only thing I've ever done. That's good. So yeah. Is that's that yeah. not normal? Your wife listens to the podcast. Yes. Uh, not lately. She's been busy with school. <laughs> okay. There you go. But just in case, the second best thing that I've ever done that was good is this podcast. The third best thing I've ever done that is good is this podcast. Phil, fix that in post, okay? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah, okay. okay. What are you watching? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. What are you watching? I'm watching the time to see what time Casey comes home. <laughs> yeah, maybe get yourself a, a head start. What um, What are you watching, Bill? I am watching, you know what? I'm watching somebody who I started watching a long time ago, and I forgot how pretty cool he is the homestead craftsman on youtube um he's come a long way and he, he basically his business is he, he kind of supports himself and it's kind of weird because we talk about not doing this but he's his main stay is making tables he makes farmhouse farm style tables um and he's been making videos that have trans 
formed from just that over the years. Uh, now he does metalworking. He shows you how to use a lathe. So he's, he's, he's segmented what he does for a living and the, the farm setting and homesteading and turned it into uh, a, a growing YouTube channel and social media impact because he's also got the homesteadcraftsman.com and all that stuff that we all try and do. Um, and that in itself is kind of inspiring to me, just like we said. But the, the latest thing he did was kind of neat. He shows how he makes um, – he sells quite a bit of these different stores on Etsy and whatnot. So he makes six-foot, seven-foot, and five-foot sizes. But he keeps, a, he keeps a couple on hand at all times in case he knows somebody's got an order. Uh, his last video, he shows how I had an order for a uh, six-foot black table, and I had the base ready for a seven-foot. Here's how I cut this down. And still save it and use it and shorten it down to it. Anyway, it's stuff like that. The Homestead Craftsman, I've been following him for years and it just blows me away that I'd forgotten about him in a way because I still see his stuff. Check him out. Reclaimer, makes his own wood, uses tools in amazing ways. Uh, awesome. Homestead Craftsman. Yeah, I really like that guy. I've also been watching him for, for a few years now and it's interesting to see how he's built out his shop mm-hmm. to constantly get more and more efficient at building this specific table, which kind of rings true for me as well. Cause that's sort of what I've done with these Whiskey ridiculous boxes. Yeah. boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also really like his accent. He just, he comes across as a really cool dude. He, he does. I mean, he's kiln drying his own wood and he yeah. shows you how to do that. He makes a, a, a draw saw, whatever you call it. He makes his own thing like a that. Knife, at the yeah. same time, yeah. he can use a, a, a lathe like nobody's business. And he did, he did, he took a thing with the, the angle grinder and a, 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 a stent, not a stencil, but a um, pattern. Definitely. Yeah. template and use that on the lathe to create a table legs like here's how oh, i yeah? can knock out a bunch of these yeah i mean so he goes from like Ooh. tying two sticks together with a string and a blade to make a saw out in the middle of the woods to angle grinder and a lathe to make table legs it's, it's awesome i was when i was messing around with that ernestina wood and it was so dense and i had it on the lathe and it kept stopping and stuff and i grabbed the angle grinder and i and i shaved it and i was so proud yeah. of myself i thought i invented something but <laughs> apparently not well <laughs> ma- make make a template and you can actually well, yeah, mass produce you can, yeah you know what i mean yeah, no, you could also do that with um with a round bottom router in the bit right I've seen guys do that with the router where they set up a sled on top of their... So, yeah, the same thing. That's the like, way to do it. Izzy is, is, is a master of... Precise, it depends upon what you want to do. You can and just you grab can... an angle grinder. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, that's what I do. I do it with the router. That's how they, they have like these whole things. They're they're copiers. They're repeaters. Yeah. Right. That's, you... what, that's what he does. He made this yeah. template that sits on his lathe and he runs yeah. the angle yeah. grinder back and forth on it. And it's the right. same pattern it's every almost time. Like the, uh, but like lathe manufacturers have this attachment. Yeah, well, they're called CNCs now. Well, this is no. why we have social media to learn that you can either have attachments or you can come up with your own ideas right. and inspire others. Or you can just others. go cowboy and just grab an angle grinder and start cutting. <laughs> you could do that. You know, like you talk about angle grinder and Sway gets all outlawed Josie Wales. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Team Money, what are you, um, what are you watching? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing a, a kind of call back to an OG also. Um John Hines, who has like seven Heis. or Heis. Heis. Heis, I can't say it. Um, There's no catch up there. Yeah. He has like seven or eight like YouTube channels. 
you know, so he's got a couple, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the link is this is the red one, is the one that's because <laughs> he has like a red, maybe it is ketchup because it's red and blue, yeah, yeah. But um, but he uh, he just made this very simple, um, he has the the rigid uh, spindle sander that you know, yeah, spindle sander, and he made a very simple um, drum sander out of it, like to just kind of do some very small pieces of by just putting it, it was like this, like, really, like, why didn't I ever think of that thing? So he clamped a a straight board to the back of the thing and he and he was just able to use it like a drum sander like a vertical uh drum sander and uh, i thought it was really cool so you know the guy yeah he's just a he's just a brilliant guy and i just i love i love his uh mannerisms and the way he approaches solving problems you know yeah i like to say i like to say that jimmy deresta is the american john highs yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't mind Uh, seeing an arm wrestling match yeah, they are. I think they're doing something very, very different. No, they're actually it's the same person. That's that's how good they are. Agree to disagree. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, you I never heard like of John Deresta, huh? That you think that's another person altogether? Probably a coincidence. Yeah, so. whatever. Or aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Ancient aliens. Because now, there's aliens. no actual proof, but I have but. this footprint. And John Hayes and Jimmy Dressa, John Dressa, aliens. Anyway, Phil, where can people reach us? No, wait. <laughs> so <clears throat> they could reach you on used to be on reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Is it, is it monster.com? Does that still exist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jobboom.com is where they can reach Bill, ex podcaster. Um, this week's recommendation by Phil Pinsky is this week's <laughs> recommendation by Matthias Wandel. He also, he actually did not have oh, a video this week. Yeah. Instead, he pointed out this other dude. His name is Timothy Wilmots. And that's I actually the guy, think that's the other Tim. No. This oh, guy actually aliens. is in, I'm pretty sure this guy's in France and is probably Timothy Wilmo. But either way, uh, he's got like a super professional shop. Like this is a, he does this for a living. He's got like Felder table saws and real equipment. Um, but he designed and built like three years in development, this multifunction cart table thingamabobber. And uh, it's really cool. It's got like four or five different functions that go anywhere from like sheet goods rack to drying rack to push cart. And, uh, and it, I thought it was really cool. I mean, it was enough for it to be like, Matthias's video of the week, for example, and uh, that was good enough for me to just watch it. But then after watching it, I started binging on this guy's videos, and uh, there's some damn cool stuff on there. It's cool to see some not garage equipment, some like real pro stuff, like auto feeders on shapers, and you know, like panel saws, and and you know, and really, really cool high end equipment. So that's what this guy is, and uh, and he's like the festool sort of guy everything he's got is festival so it's cool too anyways i really really enjoyed it and and check that out real real quick i want one more shout out um because we got to talk about three tims i want to talk about another william william uh another listener sent us an email and uh what i like about it the most is hello tim phil and bill as a regular long-suffering listener (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I loved it because it was like in a car talk letter. I was like, "Yes, we're getting car talk letters." <laughs> I know. So, anyway, Henny Youngman wrote you. us. Yeah, Bill, thank you. Uh, we we, you're a great guy. We haven't even met you yet, but I already know you're amazing. It's your name. 
Yes. I also agree with this William. About that William. Uh, about that William, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. the one time we agree with this William. It's about that William. Yeah. That works out well. Our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com. WilliamLutz.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks. TimSway.net. Thank you to just Jason. Jason Payne. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedbacks, all that good stuff uh, by email info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. I should definitely look at that every once in a while. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. We love getting them. We need to have them to get us more and more people listening to this tremendous, tremendous show. <laughs> on Patreon, patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. The absolute best way to do two things. One get access to the pre-show where you hear us come up with every week's topic. So Hot that stuff. is, yeah, that's, that's the way amazing. to really get inside the machine. It's amazing. That is just, just earth shattering. Both of you are shaking your head at the same time while mumbling weird stuff right now. In cool. Canada, shaking your head no means yes. And <laughs> same here. it's also the best way to help these three guys stay on the air. So check that out. Patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. And uh and that with that being said, I'm crossing both my fingers and my toes, hoping that this week's episode is in sync. So And uh, so if you didn't hear the show topic, it's basically share. Share this with everybody you love because you love us. And share even it. people you hate, share it with them. Right. So just share this. Share, share, share. And thank you everybody for all the feedback and the sharing with us your ideas. Unless your name is Bill Lutz and you're sharing your lunch. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's a lot better than how I used to share my lunch, which was the next day after drinking too much. <laughs> great. Let's end on a on that note. note. Yeah. yeah, terrific. Have a great week, guys. Be good. Bye, everybody.